The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Piggybacking off of yesterday's episode, which was how to keep writing, how to keep going when you're feeling uninspired, today I wanted to talk about how feeling worthless affects your art. Today's story is going to be about a writing group that I frequent on Facebook and what happened when I decided to do a survey to see how writers start writing new projects. Because I'm working on a new project and I was curious as to how everyone starts their initial project. You'll be glad to know, I'm sure, that I actually wrote today, which was awesome. I wrote about 700 words in about 40 minutes, and hopefully I can keep that momentum going. And I'm really liking the story, actually, which is quite a surprise to me. Let's start today's story. I posted that I wanted to know how people start the process of beginning a new project. Because everyone has a different process, and you can't just take one process and apply it to all people because it won't work. Writing is a creative endeavor, and that means it has to be approached creatively. And you can't confine people to one specific process. So I asked, and I got a bunch of very different and amazing uh, answers, but there were a few people who just felt very discouraged And one of them shared that they feel like their writing is too weird because they write to be understood and they don't foresee any audience ever liking that kind of writing. And so today I wanted to talk about how if you feel worthless, it will definitely affect your art, why that happens, and how we can fight against it. One of uh, my first best-selling book is called You Aren't Worthless, Unlock the Truth to Godly Confidence. And it's about my journey from being a person who always felt worthless and like a waste of space and a waste of air to discovering that I'm not worthless and giving the reasons why. Of course, I approach it from my Christian worldview, which I've talked about in previous episodes, And I personally believe that I'm valuable because God made me and he only makes valuable things. So you don't have to believe that, though, in order to overcome this idea that you are worthless and to stop it from negatively affecting your art. And what I mean by that is that it prevents you from making art. That's what I want to get to. So this person on the in the in the Facebook group said, I just don't even feel like I can start because every time I try to start something, I feel like, what's the point? Why am I even writing this? I want people to understand me, but they won't ever understand. 
I want you to know that there's a difference between writing expensive words in order to have a shared experience with the reader and to encourage your reader and to connect with your reader and writing to feel validated by the reader. Those are two very different things. And while one is a good idea and will help you in your writing career to connect with readers, the other threatens to smash your writing career into smithereens. So how can we tell the difference? Listen, you can use writing as a tool to express your feelings. Like any good art, writing has the ability to do that. You can also use writing to work through your feelings, which I have done for countless giant issues in my life that were either traumatic or I guess all of them were traumatic, if I'm being honest. So I used my writing not only to help other people go through those same sorts of trauma, but also to help myself process what I had gone through. But the thing is, I didn't write those experiences to find validation. And the difference between using expensive words to connect with readers and expecting readers to fulfill you emotionally is that you're, you're writing, you put it out, and you think, I hope when readers see my work, they say, yes, I'm not the only one who feels that way. But it's not fair to expect them to contribute to my emotional and mental health. And that's the difference between writing for shared experience and writing to feel validation. I know that's a really big temptation for for we writers, right? Uh, That we want to write and have our work go out and to have people say, I understand what you felt and what you felt is real. But when we do that, we're placing an unhealthy expectation on our readers because emotional validation is a very intimate thing. And I don't think that you can get proper emotional validation from strangers. You can get encouragement from strangers. You can get some level of validation from strangers. But in order for someone to understand your feelings enough to validate them in the intimate way that you need, you have to have an intimate relationship with that person. And I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about friendship. Because if you're friends with someone and they've seen you through the bad, through the good, and you tell them what's going on, then they, in context, can validate your feelings. Because validation without context feels pretty hollow, in my opinion. Maybe you think differently. And actually, if you want to write in and tell me about your experience uh, with validation uh, and writing to connect with readers and the difference that you notice, I would love to read your experiences. The problem is we are all made with a voice. The three aspects of personhood are voice, relationship, and power. And if you want to know more about that, You can research the work of Dr. Diane Langberg. She has really influenced my writing, but also how I live my life. And now that I understand the concept of voice, I understand why validation is so important. And I also understand the temptation that writers and other artists feel to want to be famous. Because when you're famous, your voice goes out 
to a lot of people. And also your voice has power. So it not just it doesn't just cover one aspect of uh, personhood. It covers two aspects. And then the third, which is relationship, also comes into play because you're looking for people to listen to your voice. Then you're looking for people to uh, give your voice power and you're looking to develop relationships with them. But the internet is not really the best place for that. There are... There is the possibility of finding great people on the internet, uh, and I do have friends that I've met online who I do feel close with, but when I'm having a really hard time and I actually want to work through some feelings that I'm having uh, in person, aside from writing to, to work through these feelings, I want to talk to my in-person friends. And the thing that you have to do as a writer is build a really good support system of other people who understand what you're going through. And so for me, um, my husband became a writer, so I'm able to talk to him about these writing things. I feel like if you're friends with me for long enough, you will ultimately become a writer because I just can't help myself. And I know that all of the people who I love have really good stories to tell. So uh, that's a that's a hazard of becoming my friend, I would say. But I also have friends, actually most of my really amazing friends who are writers, I've met through NaNoWriMo groups in Greece and here in the U.S. Or even like I met my friend Jess at a NaNoWriMo event and she's one of my favorite people. I love her so much. And she helps me when I'm feeling crazy. She reminds me that my feelings are real and she validates my feelings, and I do that for her too, right? We It goes both ways. And the same with uh, my friend Maria, who's also my editor. I met her through a NaNoWriMo group. And my friend Denise, who lives three blocks away from me, and our daughters are best friends. Uh, she also, I met her through a writing group that was gearing up for NaNoWriMo in a town nearby. So there are other writerly people who have good emotional health. And that's what you need to look for. And I understand that it is very difficult to find emotionally healthy people, but they are out there and you can find them. And even you might meet someone that's on their way to being emotionally healthy. Uh, if I'm being transparent and honest with you, I would say when I met Maria, I was not emotionally healthy yet. I was in progress. I was learning how to build a support system. I was learning how to have actual people validate my feelings instead of writing to have someone, to have a stranger validate them. And I was learning to use my voice in my small circle instead of wanting my voice to go out to thousands of people and have them give me that power and relationship and I found that in these smaller circles that I've created for myself inside of my support system that I feel much more validated when I have someone who's close to me validate my feelings. And now that I'm emotionally healthy, they can do that way easier because when someone's not emotionally healthy, uh, which is how I used to be, there's too much of an expectation from that other person because there's not, they don't have a good support system. And so everything you say is basically how they live or die. And that's not balanced. That's not 
healthy. I think that artists have a bigger emotional burden than people who aren't super creative because we feel things more intensely and more passionately. And so we need people around us who understand that. And so if you're just now building your support system, try to keep in mind that you want a couple of other creatives in your group who will understand how intensely you feel things. And that kind of sets you free because you don't, when you have people around you who love you, who validate your feelings, uh, that small circle, like I said, that validates your voice and that gives you relationship without demanding that you be everything in their life, then you you stop feeling worthless. And that frees you to be able to create the art that you want to create without the unrealistic expectation that your art will fulfill you. I can tell you straight out, your art is a result of who you are and the connections that you want to make with other people and the feelings that you have, but your art alone cannot fulfill you. You need to have human relationships. And for some of us, that's difficult to do because we're, we either grew up in an unhealthy environment, which is my, that was the case in my life. I know my mom will probably listen to this. So, you know, she's the one who told me, hey, Kristen, I never taught you how to have emotional boundaries with people and you should probably learn how to do that. I'm learning how to do it. And so when she said that, I was like, oh yeah, I didn't learn how to do that. And I do need to, if I want to have a fully functioning and productive life and good mental health, then I need to learn how to do that. And it's still hard for me and I still have a rough time saying no. And I think that also fits into me being a perfectionist, which I talked about in the last episode, but I'm doing better. I can, I can say that I am doing better and it has made a huge difference in my life. And now I do feel the freedom to write whatever I want because I understand that if a reader out there rejects what I've written, that that's okay. That it doesn't mean that I'm worthless and that I can have the room to disagree with people, which is something I really struggled with for years. And I I just thought one, someone has to be 100% right and someone has to be 100% wrong, but life is not that way. I'm sure you've heard the saying that we live life in shades of gray, and that is completely true. I found that to be true. So what I would say to you is if you are like the person in the story that feels like you can't write because readers won't understand you, then you have to kind of go on a journey to better understand yourself and to find real life friends who will understand you and validate your feelings in a more personal way. Because writing is never going to do for you what you want. Writing is an art and it's a form of entertainment and it can be used for education Often it is. I mean, writing is the vessel for most education. So it, it is good. It's a worthwhile endeavor, but it won't make you have that feeling that you're searching for that my life matters. The only way for you to feel that way 
is to improve your support system by working hard to engage in emotionally healthy friendships. And then once you do that, you'll be free to write the things that you actually want to write. And you might even be, you might even feel free enough to do something like what I'm doing right now, which is writing to market. Because I never felt free to do that because when my identity was tied into what I do as a person, like what I produce as a product, for me, that's writing. I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to write something where the sole goal is to connect with an existing fan base and tell them a story. I thought, I have to make a story that creates a new fan base. I have to write something that's super artsy and super deep and super meaningful all the time. And of course, those things come into my books. I can't keep them out. I'm like an expensive words addict. I have to share meaningful words. That's part of who I am. But I've learned that there are different ways to share expensive words. And one of those ways is to write commercially acceptable stories. And so right now I'm working on a book that is not something I would have ever decided to write if I was only writing with the mindset that I'm writing to prove to people that I'm a good artistic writer and I can write things that change people's minds. First of all, you can only change someone's mind if they're willing to allow it to be changed. And your goal in writing shouldn't always be, I'm going to change your mind about something. There are books that strive to do that, and I feel that they succeed. For example, when I was learning about how to have boundaries, I read Boundaries by Dr. Paul Townsend and Dr. Henry Cloud. And that book changed my mind because it showed me that everything I was doing was really unhealthy, and I kept setting myself up to be basically uh, emotionally and spiritually abused by people because I would never say no. And so that book changed my mind, but I went into reading it with the idea that I need help with this. So I was open to having my mind changed. And if you're writing nonfiction, specifically self-help, that is what you want. You want someone to come to you with an open mind saying, I need help with this. And then you can share with them the tools and systems that you've created to cope with this thing that you're writing about. And in fiction, it doesn't work the same way. You can't write something with the intention to change someone's mind because that's going to come off as preachy. And people don't like reading books like that. They don't appreciate stories like that, and they don't like it when people in person even are trying to change their mind by arguing with them. And that's essentially what you're doing if you're writing a fictional story just to change someone's mind. But if you show them through other characters who have compassion on your main character what your main character is going through, then you might succeed in showing them something that they didn't understand before. And that should be the goal is to show them something different from a different perspective, not to change their mind so that they believe the same agenda that you believe. And, but if you feel worthless, your opinions get tied into who you are, and you feel that if someone rejects your writing or doesn't come away with the idea or the change of heart that you want, then you failed, and not only have you failed, but you've proven yet again that you are worthless because your opinion didn't convince them. 
that is a dangerous mind space to be in. And I know because I've been there. And now when I disagree with people, it doesn't make me feel like any less of a person or as someone who matters. It doesn't, I, my opinions are no longer tied to my self-worth and that changes the way that I interact with people and it changes the way that I write. It affects my art and that's what I want you to have. I want you to have the freedom to write the stories you want, to have the opinions you want, and not to feel like a loser or a failure if you aren't able to bring someone over to your side. Because even if you're just writing for that uh, emotional connection with expensive words and you fail to bring someone into that understanding, that's okay. That's going to happen. But I don't want it to be that you feel so worthless that you feel like you can't write at all. So if you don't already have a support system, I would say it's time to do the hard and uncomfortable work to get one and to make friends with other creative people who will understand why you feel things in such extremes because non-creative people don't necessarily understand that. And I think that if you do that, you will become a more confident and a better writer and you will actually begin to write the things that you've wanted to write all along. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing.